With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, Penguins and Capitals are 1-1 after the first. Rangers and Penguins are 1-1 after the first. Kind of an interesting play to watch in that one. The Penguins were down 1-0. Shot came in from the line, and Shesterkin made the save. It looked like he kind of had it, you know, kind of in his elbow near his glove, and he was sliding back into the net. And then Sidney Crosby was on the doorstep, and you saw him take a whack. And then he celebrated and Shesterkin by this point probably had about two thirds of his body back into the net. He had turned sideways and he had his left leg out. So his left foot, left pad went into the net and then kind of his left shoulder and the left half of his body. And he then very kind of carefully pulls everything out of the net and then lifts up his leg and there's the puck. Oh my goodness. I kept it out of the net. And they showed multiple replays. Now, Crosby was celebrating the goal. They showed multiple replays, the overhead. There was the camera inside the net. And you couldn't really see the puck in the net. Now, the key here was it was clearly not outside of the net. Because given where it hit Shesterkin and uh, the, the most of the crease was visible, because like I said, he slid back into the goal. You couldn't see the puck outside of the net. So that was one of those I was wondering, how are they going to call this? You cannot clearly see the puck over the line, though logic would dictate it has to be in the net because we don't see it anywhere else. Finally, they they showed this uh, low-angle shot from the uh, the right wing to the offensive right of the net, and you could see that the puck had dropped down out of Shesterkin's equipment after he made the save as his left half of his body is sliding to the goal and Crosby swiped at it and you see the puck disappear and Crosby's stick fully go into the net. So that's the closest I think they had anyway of actually uh, determining that the puck went over the line for sure. They made the right call. They gave the goal. I wonder what they would have done if they hadn't had that low angle of uh, Crosby taking a swipe at the puck. I would think they would have had to count it because I, I do think you have to have some common sense after a while. And if the, if you if you know the puck is underneath the goalie or caught up in his equipment and he's back into the net, then I would think they would have counted the goal anyway. All right, so that happened. Kind of an interesting one to watch. Rangers and Penguins are 1-1. Now the second period has started. Uh, Panthers and Capitals, like I said, 1-1. Second period just starting. The Caps are up 2-1 in that series. At 7.30 tonight, it is the Flames and the Stars. Dallas leading that series. Well, I was wrong. It's not a waste of eight days after all. Dallas leading that series two games to one and the avalanche and the predators and the, uh, this is kind of the only, well, it is the only lopsided series avalanche are up three games to nothing. They're going for the sweep. The one game did go to overtime, Colorado pretty much in control other than that. So that's the uh, quick story there for what's going on in the NHL tonight. The Oilers are home tomorrow to face the Los Angeles Kings in game five. 
Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Of course, it's right here on 6.30, Shed. The face-off show will be at 6. The game will start a little bit after 8. There will be a game 6 in Los Angeles, another 8 o'clock start. If you would like to go to the watch party as the Penguins score on a breakaway to go up 2-1. Uh, it, oh, no, they didn't. They were st- another weird one. They were celebrating the goal. It's just Sterkin had the puck. What a weird play. The, the Penguins were celebrating. The fans were jumping up and down. And then all of a sudden, Shesterkin stands up. He'd slid outside the crease, and he's like, dude, I got the puck. I don't know if exactly. It's like that movie, Kellen. Dude, where's my car? Dude, where's the puck? Wasn't that a movie? With, dude, uh, where's my car? Was, or dude, where's yeah, my so puck? Where's my make, puck, dude? We're going to make dude, I have the puck. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we just got the game on the TV here. So It I'm was a very funny that. movie from my time, so it was all good. And this was a really weird play. I hope they show the replay because the penguin, the Penguins were convinced they'd scored, and then no, they didn't. Um, so the watch party for Game Six. It, once again, there will be a watch party at Rogers Place. You can get tickets starting tomorrow at 11 a.m. They're just five bucks. I went and did the face-off show and overtime open line from the watch party for Games Three and Four. Bigger crowd as you would expect for the Friday game. And yes, people did throw hats onto the ice after Kane got the hat trick. And a smaller crowd last night, Sunday night, Mother's Day. But still, I would say Rogers Place was about half full for that one. So watch party for the big game six will be uh, Thursday night. Now, as for the game yesterday, and I can tell you the Oilers didn't skate today. They they uh, they traveled back from Los Angeles. And we're going to hear some comments from Jay Woodcroft as we roll along tonight. It was uh, an Oilers team that kind of wasn't recognizable from how they played in really most of the second half of the season. They uh, didn't have the puck a lot when they did have it. They weren't very good with. They weren't very good with it. They turned it over a lot. Um, four nothing game. I, I personally, I would argue that the Oilers would have had to have scored on all of their Grade A chances just to get to three or four goals. Jonathan Quick made a couple of big saves when he needed to. Okay, and then they just showed this replay. Uh, Jeff Carter in. He went to the backhand deke on the breakaway. And he beats Shesterkin five hole and the puck hit the post. So I guess the view of some Penguins players must have had is that they thought it was going in, but it hit the post and then Shesterkin got it. So, and now right off the faceoff, they were showing the replay for that. And now the Penguins do score. And I didn't even see the goal because they were still showing the replay. I, I would say that's, that was an Oilers team that uh, I didn't really recognize given how they played most of the second half of the season. Full credit to the Los Angeles Kings in that game. They they were the team with their backs against the wall. They were the team in a more desperate scenario, and they took it to the Oilers. Uh, I mean, they got in on the forecheck. They were shooting from everywhere, which is their plan, though I think their shots were a lot more uh, dangerous than maybe at other times in the series. And the Oilers, to me, never really got their footing in that game, and that's maybe the most concerning thing. The Oilers lost game one. They didn't have a good first period. I would say they were outplayed for most of the third, but they had a good second period, and they had other little bursts. Um, there was really no sustained pressure by the Oilers. I, I mean, they yes, Cassian had a breakaway early, didn't get a shot on goal, as the Penguins score again to go up 3-1 now. And, okay, Kulak kind of has that chance right at the end of the first period. Clearly, the big sequence was Yamamoto taking the shot from the slot and off the shoulder right under the crossbar and didn't go in. 
even so, how much pressure did the Oilers have beyond that? Uh, I mean, if he scores there, they probably still lose three or four one as opposed to four nothing. So, not a great game. Jay Woodcroft uh, did speak before the Oilers got on the plane this morning, and he was asked about the next steps going into Game Five. You want to make sure you're not just sweeping things under the rug. You want to make sure you're seeing things uh, the way they occurred. You do your work and you give your players something that they can sink their teeth in uh, in order to improve. Uh, And that's where our focus is. We're moving on to game number five now. All right. Well, that's been the refrain from Woodcroft most of the time. We're moving on. We're looking at the next game. We got to process things that happened in the most recent game and improve on them. And and Woodcroft also said today, yeah, even though we're in the playoffs, it is all about continuing that process. You know, we have a genuine faith in our players and our ability uh, to continue to improve. Um, And for us, you know, there's areas of our game where we can be better. That's just the the facts is that we weren't uh, anywhere near where we needed to be in some areas. Um, We're going to address them. We're going to improve and uh, we'll be ready for game number five. Okay. And here's another little thing. We often talk about starting games well, getting that first goal. Well, the team scoring first in this series has won all four games, and the team scoring first has led at least 2-0. It was 2-0 LA in the first game before Edmonton scored. The Oilers got the first six and only six goals in game two. The Oilers got the first five goals in game three before L.A. got a couple, and then last night, L.A. scored the only four goals in the game. So the first goal is big, and and maybe the second goal just as big, given the way that uh, this series has developed. Woodcroft commented on scoring first. Well, obviously, I think, you know, any team wants to score first. uh, But, you know, we're... we're Understanding that um, the success that we've had over the last two and a half months uh, means that you know we're calm in any type of situation. We don't ever feel we're out of a game if we if we don't score first. Uh, you know we believe in our players that we can get the job done. So uh, you know I think we've demonstrated that over time. In the end, I think uh, as I said, we're here today to uh, try and give our t- players something that they can sink their teeth into and. Uh, improve as we head into a big game in game number five. All right, so a little bit from Jay Woodcroft, who spoke this morning before the Oilers left Los Angeles. Uh, Obviously, they're going to have to change how they played. Uh, I don't think they played with uh, enough intensity. I don't think they were detailed enough. A lot of turnovers, a lot of sloppy plays with the puck, and a good job by Los Angeles to box the Oilers out of the high-danger areas as well. Happy to hear from you. The hotline is 780-496-0063. It is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And, of course, you can email me, inside sports at 630ched.com. I have already received an email tonight. What else should the Oilers change tomorrow? Should there be significant shaking up of the lines? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy 
Happy price, price line. Eh, might not be a bad idea. We shall discuss when we get back to Inside Sports. From the Big L, he says, Reed, the Kings absolutely had to win last night, and they played like it, combined with quicks at times, otherworldly saves, and some Oilers' lack of puck luck and absence of a killer instinct. It's no wonder we are going six of seven, uh, six or seven, best of three. Should be good. That is from the Big L. I think for me, I like it's the, it's the playoffs, so everything's magnified. The Oilers played well in the second half of the season, gave everybody some hope that maybe they could do a little bit of damage here in the postseason. I don't want to talk about Stanley Cup. That's still a long way away. Um, but if I were to pick one thing that I, I found maybe a little bit alarming last night, and look, the, the, like Big L said, the Kings were, were desperate. They played like it. It just seemed like the Oilers didn't have a killer instinct last night. Now, maybe L.A. played – maybe I'm still underestimating L.A., even though I, I gave them credit – in the game, a lot of credit in the game. Maybe they just played that well that they just totally sucked the life of, out of it for the Oilers, that they just completely dominated to that extent. And maybe LA won't be able to repeat that effort. We'll see. But that was a chance for the Oilers to go up 3-1 in the series and have game five on home ice with a chance to to knock them out. And it just it didn't seem to me like they really grasped that uh grasp the magnitude of that opportunity perhaps we'll see seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three we have john on the line hey john hey reed how's it going quite well good good listen i uh, just uh, remembered a, a, a true story that happened in uh, 1982 i took oh, my wow, family okay. down for my 35th birthday in april and decided i was going to surprise them and take them to the Oilers kings game there was 10 of us my kids were seven, eight. My step-brother uh, was uh, six. And, of course, my wife, my mother-in-law, and a family of four. We got seats about the 15th row uh, near the uh, L.A. King's End. We got up, and we're dressed. We had the Oilers jerseys and the T-shirts and the flags and the hats, and, like, we're just pumped. We get in there. We stand up for the singing of the national anthem. I sang O Canada. The entire family sang the American national anthem. And at the conclusion of that, this guy that was sitting in front of me turned around. I'm, I'm a big guy, six foot two, 200 pounds. This guy was probably 6'5", 270, 280. He said, he, he extended his hand and he says, I want to shake your hand. I'm really proud that you sang our national anthem. And I reached out and this mitt of a hand engulfed mine. And he said, this will be the last time we're talking tonight. <laughs> and I believe we lost no. that game. So we got out of there unscathed. Okay, so you was... went to the Miracle on Manchester game then, where the Oilers yes. blew the 5 nothing lead. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, my goodness. 
Yeah, and, okay. and, you know, it was one of those rare times we went down there, did our Disneyland, Oilers game, Kings. Yeah. Well, let's go. We're going to that. So I went and got the tickets, and then I surprised everybody and said, okay, time to go. And we got to the game, and uh, it, it was, like, it was amazing. It was a sad result, but it was amazing, eh? And the tickets were probably 11 bucks or 8 bucks or something then, right? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we got 10 tickets, and I don't think I spent $150. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, John, thanks for sharing that story. I I appreciate that uh, you you chose to share that here. I think that's really cool. To shift focus to the here and now, I assume you're watching the series. Uh, Anything you're thinking today uh, with the series tied 2-2? I haven't missed missed a game since the Oilers were formed, and uh, I'm, I'm blind. Uh, so I listen to your radio station. I think Jack Michaels is the best and having only the hearing capacity to watch the game. I mean, he brings it to me in living color. And Cam Moon that's filled in and is taking over is doing an amazing job as well. I picked the Oilers in six for this series. Uh, stepping outside, I think you and Bob uh, looking at five and many others, but I figured six. And I'm oh, still I, I, I said six. I, I, I oh. said six. Yep. You did say yep. six. Well, then we're on the same page. Yep. And uh, it looks like that's exactly what's going to happen. So the watch crowd that's going to be available for Thursday's game should get ready to throw their hats again because someone's going to get a hat trick. John, I am absolutely honored that you called in tonight. Thank you for listening to this show. Thank you for listening to the broadcast on Chad. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I'm the guy, and you're the team. Okay. That is John. That's a really cool phone call. 780-496-0063. Tell you what, we're going to have more open line time uh, probably after about 6.50 tonight, and I want to dive into some... I, I don't want to alarm everybody. I know it's scary when I say these words. I have an idea about the NHL and improving the perception of the officiating because I actually don't think the officiating is that bad, but I don't think they manage the perception very well. And Kelly Rudy is coming up in the next half hour. He's going to talk about uh, the game last night, Jonathan Quick making a stop without a glove, and, of course, that Flames-Stars series in which Calgary has fallen behind. All coming up on Inside Sports. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.